Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. Kim, it's been a while. Where have you been, mate? You've turned your back on me, I feel like. No, not at all. I've just been busy. Just, we haven't caught up. I've been doing other things. I've been on three other podcasts. Yeah, give me a one-minute snapshot of what you've been doing. Um, Well, the the snapshot is people are... We're getting, you know, a thousand people listening to every episode and it's just taken off. People are are contacting me from other sides of the globe. Um, People locally are reaching out to me. So I'm going on their shows and you can only do so much. Like, I could probably do a podcast every day, but Mm. i still got a business to run. So... I'm doing the podcast where I can, and then we're also doing vlogs now, mm-hmm. so I'm moving into that space, and there's podcasts coming out of those as well. So I haven't, I'm still trying to do one a week, but they haven't all been with you. <sighs> that's a sigh into the microphone. That's <laughs> oh, all right, you're here now, mate, and that's all that matters. Uh, you were just telling me uh, off mic before, you're back in the property game. What's yes. happening? Well, you know, it goes back to that week in January of every year where I sit down and I plan out my year. And, I, I, you know, I sit on a beach. It's the same place every year. And I reflect on what's worked and what hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And this year, I sort of look back and I thought, you know, my property has just worked so well for me. Why should I stop? Mm-hmm. You know, I've reached a critical mass. I've got five properties now. You know, there's no need to keep the foot on the accelerator it's just i love it mm. and it works for me and i've got a system and a formula so why not keep doing it so mm. that that that's sort of what's come through so you know we've been constantly going on with the story about my search for the property in kent town and i love that journey but i want to keep doing it so every week i've set my kpi for my receptionist that we send out two letters a week mm-hmm. right i find the property she does the research and she handwrites the letter mm-hmm. so and that, that just happens it's just a system and we're plugged into it and for for our regular listeners um we i think in the early days of accounting insider we we talk quite specifically about your uh, letter writing process so you you're repeating that again it's the same yeah. system i just don't like buying through agents i love mm. dealing with the owners direct and i like forming the relationship and um i like the whole chase mm. and the whole process mm. and so today's episode is about another story behind a potential property purchase i haven't got it yet but i think it's important that people understand that you know, there's so much work that goes into each of these deals once mm. they fall into my p- portfolio. You know, it's like you have a hundred deals that fall through and one works, but you only need that one. Mm. You know, and so I think that if, if you look at the situation now, everyone's sort of, I really want to get across that it doesn't all just fall in your lap. You know, there's so many knockbacks. There's so many, it's an emotional roller coaster ride. You're playing the long game. You're playing well. the long game. It's like my sister, when she used to work at IBM, said, you know, that they were, they were pushed into sales. Hard. And they knew every knockback was one step closer to getting mm. that person that buys in it. It's sort of the true with property as well. It's like not everyone's going to work, but you've got to keep putting your hat in the ring. Mm. You know, you've got to keep sending the letter out and putting it out there. It's, it's like, you know, the ultimate salesman is the, the cold caller, mm. the person that's ringing up people out of the blue but it's that's demoralizing and demeaning and the re- re- rejections kill it off mm. so 
you know, not everyone can do that. The ones that do do it and, and you know, the positive self-talk that they're telling themselves every time they get a rejection, they win. Mm. And but, but they all give up in the process because they're so emotionally um, set back with all the rejections that they, mm-hmm. that they end up throwing the towel. So this is a way of me, by doing my letter drops, of basically cold calling twice a week to property owners. Mm-hmm. And I've done all the research, so I know they fit and they're good deals. It's just a case of um, finding the deal that's going to work for the vendor who's ready to sell. They've got to be motivated. And for me, who's ready to buy and I've got the need for that property. So lining it all up. So have you had responses? Um, well, yes, I have. And I talk about them when, when I do. But today's story is another example of that. Mm. I, I haven't got the deal over the line, but it's looking really promising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to be phased if I don't get it over the line. Mm. But I think that the story behind it, the listeners will find interesting. And, and let's face it, you know, anyone can buy property on realestate.com or on real commercial, but chances are they're paying um, a lot more for it than they would if they were buying it privately. And that could be a whole range of factors, but predominantly these really good properties are selling at auction and you're competing against four oh. or five other guys in the room. The competition is ridiculous. I've just been through the process at the moment. There's not a whole lot on the market at the moment anyway, and it's super competitive. That's the thing, you know, that, that's why I got into it because I was going to auctions and agents notoriously under underestimate prices. Right. So they were saying, you know, this property's going to go for 500 and it'd go for 950 and I wouldn't even get my hand up, you know, like, and I'd have my finance approved to 750. I just thought, oh, there's got to be an easier way. So that's when I grabbed bull by the horns and started, you know, saying, I'm going to write to these guys myself mm. and see what comes out of mm. it. What does it cost to send a letter? 25 cents or 50 cents now or mm. a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your age. <laughs> a dollar a letter. Yeah. But we, we've got a system now where we, we, we write this personal letter, handwritten, on great quality paper. It just And then it just gets propped in the mail. I, I know I have a list in my wallet of what, what I'm, who I'm writing to because... When they get the letter, they think they're the only person I've written to. So it's just a system and it works. And well, when I say it's worked, I've bought a number of properties through it. I haven't bought one for a number of years. Mm. But I'm back in the game mm. and we're, we're going down that track. So tell us about this interesting response that you got okay. and the story behind it. So I'm, I'm going commercial because I, I really like what happens in that space, mainly from the, the growth in the rental returns and the fact that the law supports the landlord as opposed to the tenant. Like, the tenants move out and they refit the place and it goes, the rent goes up by CPI. It's just a number of factors. Mm. We've talked about that before. So I'm going down the commercial track. So I, I dro- drop the kids off to school every morning and I take the same route. And there's one property on this route which is near my office on the same road. So it's in my backyard and I see it every day and then all of a sudden it just jumps out like oh my god that property's been empty for two or mm. three years and it's in a great location it's a beautiful old stone home which has had a really crappy facade put on it mm-hmm. but it's on a pretty big block which has got a really big it's actually a triangular shaped block but because of a road that leads off on an angle on the main road mm. it's sort of like a odd massively fronted triangular shaped block so it's, so it occurred to me hey that block would be great for um, relocation of my office childcare centre 
storage for cars or whatever. Ticking a lot of boxes for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really well-located property that would fit a number of uses. So I thought I should write them a letter. What have I got to lose? It looks like it's got opportunity for me from value-add point of view. Like It's ugly. It's not being used. It's there's weeds everywhere it just looks unloved and it could aesthetically be an easy way to get it up to speed and turn an ugly duckling into a swan mm-hmm. so i went back to my office and i did the search so i'm searching on the land titles website to find out what the boundaries are of the block and and um and what the size of the block is lo and behold it's got two titles so it's that makes sense because it's a triangle so really it's like a sort of a rectangle shaped block with another little triangle alongside of it so mm. two titles of gold so mm. all of a sudden my ears pricked up and it's a big block like it's 900 square meters sitting there doing nothing so then i spent the nine dollars 95 and did a title search to find out who the owner was mm-hmm. now it came up with a name that i knew and it was the car yard up the road so now I've got to tell you the story behind this because mm-hmm. at that point I was deflated and I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to ever get this property because... You had some intel on the guy. Yeah, it's, it's a prestigious car yard up the road. Now, let's go back to 2009 when I bought my Porsche. I was looking around and there was a Porsche that I wanted in that yard and it was a grey Boxster and at that time it was maybe one or two years old and and it looked amazing it was gorgeous and i used to drive past it and see it so i dropped in for a test drive and the salesman jumped in took a photo of my license and we're all good we put the trade plates on and then we got out on the road now just up the road is the freeway and there's not a lot of cops around and there's an old part to that freeway, which is quite windy. So I thought, I'm going to put this car through its paces. Oh, so Leadfoot Nitschke got a bit <laughs> excited. <laughs> so we went up there. Thankfully, um, the, you know, the salesman, he, he, was, he was more or less egging me on. But we went very, very fast. We were going so fast that the trade plates blew off the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> now, we didn't realise that till we got back to the car yard. But he was really pissed off because... I think it was the second set that he lost that week. <laughs> and that, the, the owner takes $50 out of his pay to cover the cost of getting new plates reissued. So all of a sudden he was upset. And I think he was sort of implying that I should pay for the 50 bucks yeah. to get the new plates. I wasn't no, interested. Mate. No, it's like, you know, you, maybe he didn't secure them f- yeah. tight enough. For, I mean, we, we were going fast and that's good. But that's all part of buying a sports car. Yeah. So um, he... He was, you know, he said, look, what are you going to do? Do you want to buy this or not? And I looked in the window and seen that the owner of the car, that, you know, you have to list the second, the, the, the owner and the second hand um, for sale invoice that's sitting, hanging in the, in, in, in the um, passenger side of the car. I'd noticed that the guy was a local stockbroker in the town and his address was the Esplanade at Henley Beach. And I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to buy a car that's been sitting in someone's garage on the beach, being covered in salt water, mm. you know, before too long, I'm thinking, rust's going to come through. And actually, in the hood lining, I remember now, there were like some um, stains where water had sort of got in and it looked like mm. some sort of salt water had sort of stained the headlining. And I'm thinking, I don't really want yeah. all this. So, I was interested, but 
I wanted to do my research and I was thinking this is probably not going to be a long-term hold, but I wanted to, if I got it for the right price, well, maybe I'd consider it. So um, the guy said to me, he said, look, um, I, I was wanting to get out of there, but he, 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 he laid down the, 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 the ground rules and he said, look, I know you like the car. Don't come up with any sneaky offers. Don't try to lowball me. I'm thinking, hang on. This is a bizarre thing to say to me as a potential purchaser. He said, I just want to point something out to you. See every car on this car lot? They're all owned by the owner of the business. He's loaded. He doesn't have any debt. He's not going to take a low offer. So all of a sudden I was back on the back foot. But, and I basically yeah. walked away from there thinking... Bit of a knob. Yeah. I was thinking, well, that's an unusual thing to say. Mm. Even if that's the case, you probably don't have to advertise that fact mm. to a potential purchaser. Shocking. But I walked away and I thought... Oh, well, you know, I don't really want to pay what... I said to him, I think, I don't want to pay what you're asking for it. My offer would be significantly less. Let me go away and think about it. Mm. And after that point, he hammered me on the phone every day and I didn't buy the car. I actually rang the owner um, and did the research. And the deal didn't stack up. So I, didn't, I walked away from it. And I bought one in Sydney not too long after that. Mm. And, and almost identical. But... Here we go, like, I'm recalling that conversation now when I'm looking at the block. If you fast forward the, mm. the situation, eight years, I'm thinking, I'm not going to even write to that guy because he's so wealthy. He's land banking mm. it, obviously, which means that he's bought this block of dirt rather than having his money sitting in the bank. Mm. And he's just got it there as an asset that's going to appreciate over time. And so to be clear, the car yard owner... Mm is the property owner. Yeah. 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 So the car yard name was on the title of the property. So the direct connection. Mm. You didn't even have to think about it. So I hesitated for a couple of weeks. And, and then I went back and I thought, you know what? I'm going to send the letter anyway. Mm. So I did. And it, it was interesting because the registered address was one of the largest accounting firms in Adelaide. So you're always just sort of thinking, wow, you know, mm. they're not cutting any corners. They're doing things um, super expensively. Money's no object. But I sent it off anyway and I heard nothing. So I just put that down as... Mm. Moved on. Like, a, yeah, it's going nowhere. It's like all these deals, you never know. But anyway, this guy rang me. Um, it was about four weeks after I sent him the letter. And he said, it was a little um, Italian guy. He's a really lovely guy over the phone, very humble, very helpful. And so I, he said, oh, you know, I got your letter. That place is sold, but I've got another one up the road. So I took down the details and I asked him how much he wanted. And it was almost $3 million, which was out of my price range, but I just thought I'd drive past anyway. Mm. And it was a really nice property, but... It wasn't really interested. wasn't really what I was after. Mm. But and the one that I million. was interested was sold. Okay. And he was telling me that on the phone. So I didn't say anything. Anyway, I did tell him. I said, I said look, do you want to hear a funny story? I said, you're not going to believe this, but I almost bought a car from you eight years ago. And, uh, but, you know, we lost the plates and the guy was a bit upset and he told me not to put in any low offers. And he said, do you know what? The guy who owns this yard owns every car and he doesn't have any debt, so don't put any cheeky offers in. And, and then I just paused on the phone and this guy, he was, you could just see his blood boiling. He goes, 
he said, if I knew who that salesman was, I would kick his ass. <laughs> and I was just kicked. So you told him the full story. And then there's more silence, like about another. So he was just stewing. He was, because you could tell that um, that something struck a chord with him because he just didn't dismiss it. He he was engaged in that, and then he after he hesitated for this for that little bit of time, and he came back and he said, "Who says that shit?" <laughs> like, you know, he was just thinking, "What must have been oh. going through this agent's mind?" Anyway, so. But but those stories are actually quite good because they they I mean build a at, the, at the expense of that poor salesman <laughs> I think he would have been moved on. <laughs> but his relationship with me was building, hmm. so he was remembering me, and we, we'd had that little chuckle together. And so he rings me again, and he said, "You know that property that you originally rang me about? The finance has fallen through." And I said to him, "I thought it was sold." And he goes, "No, no, no! I told you." I, I couldn't remember that aspect of the conversation, but he, th- he feels like he's told me it was subject to sale, subject to finance, and, okay. and and he said that the agent had told him that the guys who were buying it were property millionaires, and I said, okay, good. I said, so he, he said th- that was Monday this week, and he said it expires on the the, the, the finance clause f- expires on Thursday night, which was you know nine hours from now back mm. I said okay well when it falls over ring me so that's today so I'll find out about that but I just want to I think it's important to tell that whole story yeah, of yeah. how it all, all evolved and what, what every day every week looks like for me in terms of narrowing it down to the one mm. and and the importance of always asking the question, even if it feels like it's going to be impossible, because you know you were that close to not even sending this guy. It was a long shot. The letter. It, it mm. felt like for me a complete waste of time. Mm. And look at it now; it's it's looking like you know from these little conversations that I've been having with him. I wouldn't say he's under financial pressure, but there's something happening mm. there that is causing him to offload properties. Mm. And I don't know what that is because I, I haven't got to the bottom of it, but that could be an opportunity for me to. To get something. So what's plan A from here? Well, he'll tell me a number Mm -hmm. and I've got to work out whether that's what I want to pay. And if it is, I'll grab it. Has he given you any indication about what that number is? He hasn't because I I could have asked him. There was an opportunity for me to speak to him about that on Monday. But however, I think it's more important that I didn't talk Mm. to him about the number at that point because he needs to go through the grieving of losing this deal and he needs to adjust his expectations. And I think the time is... it's really important to let the time elapse and for let him to move through that emotionally and feel the pain a bit yeah because it's un, you know disappointment is unmet expectation isn't it mm. so he's expecting that deal to, to to go through he's expecting that last minute phone call where they'll get it all together mm. when it doesn't happen like today then he's on his own again mm. and then that's where i strike up the conversation and I'll, the first thing i'll say is you know what was the last contract price mm. i won't let him you know go any higher and then i'll start by working back and i'll say well you know you've got to take the agent's commission off of that because with me it's going to be direct mm. and then i'll be moving down and then i'll probably make an offer below that to mm. him because what have i got to lose mm. and you know this is the beauty of because i'm controlling the whole situation i don't have any other competitors pushing the price up i don't have an agent on the other side saying 
you know, some um, uh, misconception of the truth, like, mm. you know, we've still got other people interested, Kim, um, your offer's too low, and all those fictitious mm. comments which drive your price up. But if you find out mm. later, you know, you're devastated about it because half the time they're not true. Mm. Absolutely. So, and what's your plan B with this guy? Let's say the property deal doesn't happen. Mm. Well, I'll just go back to what I'm doing every week mm. and just <clears throat> forget about it and move on to the two new ones next week. There's an opportunity here to continue to build a relationship with this bloke who's clearly yeah, pretty well, well established. Well, that's the thing, you know, like um, other things come out of this. If I'm nice mm. to him and I um, develop the relationship, I might get him as an accounting client. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always got that in the back of my mind. Um, now that I know that he's um, he's in a situation where money is uh, important to him, like he's you, you know he, he he's offloading stuff. There's something that's happened there, and I would like to have a coffee with him or lunch, and sit down and see if I can get to the bottom of that, mm. and potentially see if I can help him out with his accounting mm. situation. So. Out of all of these situations... There's opportunities. There's opportunities. Mm. So it's another story for us to follow up on at some yeah. point. This is... Accounting Insider's becoming like a... Remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books? And you'd have to, like, you'd get to a page and it's like, okay, you've got to go to page now, wherever, to continue on that story. We're going to have so many layers. It's going to be really interesting. We will. We've had so many twists and turns and so many false starts. We've gone down so many dead ends. <laughs> but that's part of it. And, like, and I'm, I'm, I think that that's uh, an interesting aspect for people to out there to just sort of wrap their heads around mm. that mm, it's it's a journey mm. thanks for listening to accounting insider visit the website accountinginsider.net and also nichkinancaro.com.au thanks for listening mm.